Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now, please enjoy this message. I'll share with you a thought that I have. I really do feel that, that you know, Pastor Mike asked me, he says, Dad, you got to preach. And I'm, okay, I'd love to. And, uh, uh, but uh, as soon as I get invited to speak somewhere, I start asking the Lord, what do you want me to share? I have thousands of sermons, literally. We've been pastoring for a long time. So I have thousands of sermons that I could just pull from. But I, I really want to hear from the Lord. And I, and I believe I have. And I hope that the Lord will minister to you this morning. Uh, as I talk about I know Pastor Mike went through this, this text a few weeks ago. We tried it. Now that you're live streaming, we, uh, my wife especially tries to watch your service before she watches ours. And she kept watching yours when I started to preach one time on our service. So I told her, babe, you got to come to our church. You can't stay there, <laughs> but he's good, and he's good. I know he's good, but, you know, you still got to be in our service. Uh, but uh, uh, Ezekiel chapter 37 is where I'm going to be coming from, and there's an old TV series, and I don't know how many of you would remember it. I'm an older guy, but I remember, how many remember the Andy Griffith show? Yeah, all right, all right, over here, praise God. Who else, who else? All right, praise God, yeah, all right, so good old Andy Griffith, right? How many of you have ever heard the character Barney Fife? Yeah, good old Barney. Now, Barney, he was a deputy, and they, they were, he, Andy was a sheriff. He was a deputy in the small town of Mayberry. And Barney was a man of small stature, uh, physically weak. He was kind of soft-spoken. He was outspoken in certain things, but his character was a very timid character. Right, so if you can kind of, if you don't know the, the the show, you can kind of picture that kind of character with me. And in this one particular episode, he finds himself encountering two big, intimidating, aggressive Texas men. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know where they were from, but they were illegally selling goods on the street. So they set up a little fruit stand on a road where they weren't supposed to. And so they were intimidating him. They really became these bullies, and they tried to intimidate him into not enforcing the law. They physically towered over him, and they could easily beat him in a physical confrontation, no question. And Barney, he was intimidated. And, and so you go through the series, he goes back and forth a little bit, and finally at the climax of the episode, they stand over him with their arms crossed in defiance, daring him to make a stand. And he says to them this, with courage and conviction, he says, you see this badge I wear? It says I'm sworn to uphold the law. Now that's what I mean to do, and you fellas better respect it, you understand? It's just as simple as that. You're both a lot bigger than I am, but this badge represents a lot of people who are a lot bigger than either of you. Now you are going to get moving. So they look at him, they turn, they start packing up their things, and they drive away. Amen. The Barney Fife illustration. As a believer, we walk in a much more powerful but similar authority. 
In Luke chapter 10, verse 17, Jesus had sent out the 72 disciples. It's not our text, but in this story, we see that Jesus says, uh, after he'd sent out the 72, they returned. They were joyfully reporting to him, saying, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Amen. And he wasn't jumping by his choice. Amen. <laughs> Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. There is an authority in the spiritual realm as we battle because our, we all know that our battle, our battle is spiritual. It's not physical. I, I, I too am saddened by all the things that are taking place in our nation. But I'm also saddened by the reality that many are looking for a political answer or a social answer or a psychological answer when we know that the answer is Jesus. The answer to every question and difficulty is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That others might come and find and know him. That hate and anger would be removed because somebody is saved. Amen. Now, there are different forms of authority as we read in the New Testament. And uh, today we're going to look at this delegated authority. And, and, and when he speaks of this authority, it's in the form of a, a warrant. <laughs> Some of you, maybe in your past life, had to ask a cop, you got a warrant, right? No, none of you did, none of you did, none of you. right? It's a warrant or a license or, here, here's the term, authorization to perform a specific act. This is the authority that Jesus speaks of when he says, I've given you the authority over in the spiritual realm. It's much greater than Barney's badge. Amen. But we need to remember our authority. I've seen too many people over the years surrender this authority or simply forget. Simply forget. Amen. Because this spiritual authority reaches every area of our life, our mind, our heart, our family, our ministry, every area of our life, we are called to walk in this authority. So stick with me for a few minutes as we get into our text here. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse number one. If you're there, say amen. All right, this side here. Where are you guys? You got to be right. All right, praise God. All right, Ezekiel 37, verse one. The Lord took hold of me, and I was, a car I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley with filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Let's pray together over this message. Father, we thank you for this time. What a great privilege to be here in your presence and with such wonderful people, your people, your sons, your daughters. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would speak to each of us right where we are. Let your Holy Spirit minister, Lord, whatever the case is, whatever the battle is, that each of us would receive from your word that we would be encouraged and strengthened and not leave the same, but leave strengthened in you, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. So 
God asks Ezekiel, can they become living people again? Because the bones are human bones, we know that these bones once lived. They had flesh and blood, a body with a soul. They were alive. But through time, they all are now dead and dry. We see a description of our lives that way in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. Once you were dead, amen, how many can agree with that? Once I was dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. This is Ephesians 2, verse, now we're in verse 2. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passions, desires, and inclinations of our sinful nature. But our very nature, but, but our very nature, by our very nature, we are subject to God's anger, just like anyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. Don't you love those but God statements? Amen. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by the grace that you have been saved. Once I was dead, but now I'm alive. God breathed life into us when he saved us. When we we ask God for forgiveness of our sins, there's new life that was breathed into us. Do you remember? Do you remember that first experience with the Holy Spirit? It's a life-giving experience. Our way of thinking changes. It changes. Man, some of us were jerks and tightwads and racists. Come on. And then our whole way of thinking, our whole mind begins to change. And there's this shift. There's an appreciation and understanding. Wow, what God has done for me. Because of his, we become consumed. We become consumed with the idea of his love and grace. We might not understand it all. We don't have all the Greek and Hebrew down. We may not have all the theology. But we know that we've been saved by God's grace. There's this wonderful miracle. Amen. I give my life to him because he gave his life for me. And, 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 in the, and as we begin to experience this newness of life, there's a simplicity of desperation where we're just asking God for, to do so. God, just heal my marriage. God, I, I, we're, we're, it's falling apart. We need a miracle. And there's no way we're going to make it without the Lord. And now we're saved and something's happening. We begin to see some, some, some healing. We begin to see some growth, some victory. There's some, uh, you know, we looked at things and looked at life and we could never change. I'm always going to be, you fill in the blank, this. But there's this miracle of the new life in Christ. And when we experience that, we realize there's no sacrifice too great. There's no job too hard. Amen. In our text, at some point, these bodies that were living settled. They were alive, but they settled. And they realize it. Maybe they did. I don't know. But they settled. They settled. And they were laying down to die. Living, alive, breathing, 
speaking, seeing, hearing, feeling. And then they settled. Which began the process of deterioration, the loss of life. They laid down to die. And over time, the flesh and the blood, it eroded and began to dwindle away. You see, in life, here's the reality, life is short, but time is a factor. Time is a factor. We go from that place of the simplicity of desperation where we're just glad that can, God helps us wake up in the morning without a hangover anymore, right? Or we're, we're free from drugs and we're, we're not, or, or, or finally I can feel some love where I didn't feel, and we're, we're thankful for all of that. And we feel that sense of desperation, amen. But time is a factor. I don't know how long you've been saved, amen, or serving God, but time is a factor, Amen. Now, we're going to talk about a little bit of negative side here. There's a lot of positive stuff, and we'll get to that. But the reality is, over time, you can begin to lose that freshness, and we don't realize that we begin to settle. We settle. Well, we didn't do it that way before. Right? We settle. Well, I don't like that person. I just don't like them. They don't like me. I don't like them. Bless God. It's COVID is good for us because they can sit on that side. We'll sit on this side, right? We settle. Well, my wife knows that I, this is how I am. Oh, amen. I'm preaching now, huh? I'm getting a little personal. I'm sorry. First time here. Amen. I'm going back to California next week. Amen. My wife knows how, this is how I am. Or, well, my husband understands that I just don't do that. We settle. And we don't realize that we're settling down to die. Circumstances, hurt, failure in, in life, just life. These are all factors. It still happens today. They settled. Now, you know what I'm talking about because we've all been there. Come on. Worship's not the same. Prayer meeting on Saturday. Oh, man, it's my only day to sleep in. Right? It's just not the same anymore. What are they doing with all that money I give? I found that people who ask what, I'm, what, what, what people at churches are doing with the money that they give, they don't give. What, with your $4.80, your exact tithe for your kid's birthday money? Right? Anyway, I'm getting personal again. <laughs> Settle into this position, and they don't, it's a settling into this position of defeat. Oh, wow, this is how it is. This is just the way it is. My marriage, my children, my ministry, my mind, my heart, just settling in, not realizing that we still look good on the outside, but on the inside, we're broken, and we've settled in that brokenness. You know the kind of brokenness I'm talking about, right? Right? Brokenness before God is awesome, but I'm talking about that brokenness in our spirit in a defeated sense, and we're settling in there. And over time, we become more and more discouraged, more and more frustrated. We forgot our authority. We forget it. We forget it. You know what's interesting to me in our text, in verse number three, he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? 
God asks Ezekiel. Now, does God know the answer? Yes. But he asked his man, his prophet. He asked him, you see what you see? These bones, they're all dried and dead and gone. Can they live again? Ezekiel gives a good answer. Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. (laughs) Pretty slick, huh? That was good. I wish I was that good. Oh, Lord, you're the only one that knows the answer to that. So here's the indication, right? We, we recognize that God is speaking to his prophet and he asks, he presents to them this situation, this, this valley of death. And he says, look at, see what you see. You see what you see. You look at all this circumstance. You look at all this situation. Can they live again? And he says, well, God, you know. I think he's alluding to the sense that it's only in God's power. Let me ask you something. What are the odds that these bones can live again? Now, I know, I know we're all spiritual. So, oh, God, all things are possible, right? right? I can do all things. I, I know we, we have those down. But there are seasons in life when we say, man, can this change? Come on. Come on. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? I've been hurt way too many times. I really don't want to give my heart again. I don't want to get involved again. Can they live again? Well, it's only in the power of God. The odds, humanly speaking, are not very good. I've heard testimonies of people being raised from the dead. I believe that's happened. I believe that's happened. I've never seen it happen. But I believe it's happened. And I believe it can happen. I do believe that. But when, I'm, when we're praying and we're believing God for a miracle and somebody's in the hospital, and if, if you've experienced that recently, I, I don't want to, I'm not making light of that and I don't want to bring back bad feelings, but... When we're praying, we're believing God for total healing. But once they've passed, right, very few of us will go and pray for them to come back to life. Because the odds aren't very good and we trust that they're in God's hands, right? And if the Lord led us to pray for them, we we do it. But the reality is that it's not very good. From a human perspective, these circumstances don't look like they can change. Now, it's it's, in a way, it is our fault because we've settled, right? We have settled and we said, okay, this is how it is. And from a human perspective, it can, it's very, we, we look at it at the way it is and say, you know what? The odds aren't good that this could get better. Are you hearing me? The odds aren't good for that circumstance, for that marriage, for that mind, for that deliverance. Can they ever change? Can I ever go back and be who God wants me to be? What's God's response to Ezekiel? What's God's response to the valley of dry bones? What is God's response to the circumstance of life that is very unlikely to change from a human perspective? 
deep things. What is God's response? Let's pick up verse number four. Then he said to me, remember he asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, only you know God. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones. (laughs) I feel it. Oh, come on. Amen. You with me? Come on. Amen. Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand. What is God's answer to the circumstance that seems impossible to change? What is God's response to those areas in our life that we have settled and said, well, it's going to be this way? What is God's response when we're asking God to help us with things that seem impossible with man? What is God's response when we go before him with deep hurt or failure or frustration, our own failure, someone else's failure? What is God's response when we're feeling so weary and we've invested and invested and invested and it feels like there's no return? What is God's response? when we're struggling in our mind and that battle with anxiety or fear or worry what is God's response when we're going through that and we're looking with our eyes and we can't see an answer we hear with our ears but we can't know how God's going to what is God's response he says you prophesy you prophesy this is God's response Verse 7, so I spoke this message just as he told me. Just as he told me, I spoke this message. Uh, Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise across the valley. Oh, come on. I've sat in living rooms and restaurants and offices with hundreds of people praying with them and looking at them and talking to them and trying to encourage them, doing our best to help them. And there are moments when you begin to speak life in faith. There are moments that I've seen in these, what you might call counseling sessions, uh, but, but you see these moments in, in fellowship and meeting and you, it's, like, it's like those bones begin to rattle. You know, you know what I'm talking about because you've done it. You've seen it. You've been praying and and, and there's something that begins to stir up. It's not just another prayer time. It's not just another prayer meeting. It's not just another church service. Amen. There's a place. There's something that is taking place and God is beginning to move and the bones are beginning. What was dead is beginning to come to life. We're going to look at it and say, oh my gosh, what is going on here? What's going on? What is, what is this? 
What is this that I'm experiencing? It's that life, that breath of life. Hey, I understand theology and apologetics and, and we study as much as we can and we want to hear from God and we want to be intellectual and, have, and know what God has for us. Amen. But there must be a time where we allow the spirit of God to begin to move in those dry bones. There was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete scalps. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. What a scene. I've seen it. I've seen it at altars like this. When desperate people with no hope. I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. And they don't know, they don't know what's next. They don't know how to get to the next place, but they come. And they present their, their children before the Lord. They present their marriage before the Lord. They present their heart before the Lord. When the bones rattle, something begins to take place. But there's no breath in them yet, he says. So what happens? Most, some of you know the story. You know how it goes. I wish you didn't. I wish you were hearing it for the first time. Amen. Bodies are there, but there's no breath. And God says to the prophet, speak. 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 They're coming together, but there's no life yet. Speak. Barney, take the authority. Did you hear me? Speak. Speak a prophetic message to the winds of the uh, winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke and breath came into their bodies They all came to life and stood up on their feet as a great army. Then he said to me, listen to what he says. This is God speaking. Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. They are saying these things... Our hope is God. Our nation is finished. Do you see the difference here? They are saying, all hope is gone. They are saying, our nation is finished. And God is saying, speak life. And he says, prophesy to them. This is what the Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and I will cause you to rise again. 
Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. I understand that this is speaking to the nation of Israel who are in exile. Of course, we know that they went through that time in their history. We understand that. And God is speaking to them about their deliverance and coming back to that life. We understand it. But this is the character of God. This is the character of God. This is how he moves with his people. Are you hearing me? So it does apply to us in that sense, right? How do we walk in this authority? What is God's solution? It's speaking. Speaking in these words, remember, first of all, you have to remember the authority God has given you. Because when you're going through stuff, we tend to forget it. And what we do is we try really hard. We try really hard. And we're saddened, we're discouraged, we're frustrated, we're weary. You, you fill in the emotion and, we're, and we're, just, we're just saying, oh God, you know, this is so difficult and, you know, I really want to keep going. I want to try. Oh, we've had another problem here. Oh, and we're, oh, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray. And we keep doing those things that we need to and that we do see breakthrough at times. But there are times where we have to speak in that authority. Speak that message. Stop saying things are going to die. Stop saying this is over. Stop saying this is not going to work. Stop saying I'm always going to be this way. Speak that prophetic message of life to the winds. Amen. That the breath of life might come. Do you realize that while we're walking around trying to do things in our own ability and our own strength and trying to gain more knowledge so we can get better at this or get better at that, God is in heaven and he's going, "I'm, I'm looking for somebody to show my power through. I'm looking for somebody to show my power through. And he's watching us and we're going here, going there, trying this, trying that. You know, I'm really trying hard. I, you know, but, but God's going, come on, come on. And finally, when we get desperate enough and we remember our authority and we cry out, Father, he says, yes, yes, now I can move. Yes, believe that life is coming. It's, we must speak out in that authority. Speak. A prophetic message. This is God's solution to these times and seasons of life. He moves through us, us, because breath came into their bodies. This is a much greater authority than Barney's badge. But we need to remember, and, and, and honestly, I have seen too many surrender. You speak to the mountain. I'm going to finish with this. I, we were, uh, we were, uh, that only means I'm kind of winding down, right? It doesn't mean I'm done. Uh, we were, uh, uh, over the years, I've seen this happen in many situations. And I've realized now, it, it, you know, it took a little time for me to learn, but as a younger pastor, I'd sit with people and, and we talk, you know, hey, you know, what's going on? Let me help you. And yeah, we'd pray and we'd talk a little bit and, you know, talk some more. I'd share a little bit more and, and they'd share a little bit more and we'd go back and forth. And, and then finally we get to the point where we pray, right? We're leaving. Let's pray together before we go, right? And, then, you know, sometimes that's how it works. That's it's just a time of fellowship. But there are times where it's an intense, a break, a, a intense breakthrough is needed. And more than once, now more than ever, I've been in a situation where I'm talking to somebody and we're praying, we're believing God, and then we tell them, 
my wife and I, we tell them, you need to take authority right now. I can't, I prayed for you enough. You need to speak it out. You need to begin to pray. You need to begin to believe God. Amen. <laughs> Years ago, I had a man call me in the middle of the night. I'm at, you know, they're in our church. Pastor Dave, you need to talk to my wife. I said, no, you need to talk to your wife. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, you don't want me as pastor, right? There's power in that. People have asked us, you know, our friends, our friends that have seen our, our children grow and all become ministers. They're all in ministry. And they, well, you know, what's the secret? I, I, I can't tell you, really. God's grace. They made choices to serve God. But I remember praying. I still pray for my kids, but as they were growing up, there were times, there were times I'd pray for them. And I'd lift them before the Lord. This was when they were younger. I still lift them to God now. But, but at that time, I remember there were, there, were, there were moments in my prayer life or I did feel the Holy Spirit begin to take over. Now you listen to me. You listen to me. You can apply this in many situations. But you need to begin to pray for those things too. You need to begin to take that authority. And speak life over your family and your mind and your heart. I pray for my kids. In the name of Jesus, I lift up Mike to you, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit would have your hand upon him and move in him. I pray, Father, you protect him from any deadly disease. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would envelop him and guide him every step of the way. I pray against every strategy of the enemy, every lie and attack. Father, I pray that you help him bring prosperity in his life. Let him hear your voice clearly. Father, I pray anything that is hindering him from knowing you, I crush it in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak that my son Michael is your son. He's called by you. He's set apart by you. He's anointed by you. In the name of Jesus, I come against any temptation as the enemy comes comes, Father, that you would guide him and lead him and help him. Let your spirit overcome him. Father, I pray that you would give him dreams and visions. Let him see beyond himself, Lord. Let him sense your presence in everything he does. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that he will serve you for the rest of his life. Father, I believe, Lord, that you are going to use him for your glory. In the name of Jesus, I declare it. You don't have to get as loud as me. You don't have to use the words I do. But when's the last time you declared the life and breath of God in your circumstance? Come on. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Amen. If you would. Speak. Speak. Remember the authority that God has given you. Remember. Amen. Remember. I know, hey, listen, I, I'm not saying that, I, that, that, that we just do, do this naturally all the time. Sometimes it's a choice. We just got to do it. You don't feel like it. I know you don't feel like it. I don't always feel like it. There's sometimes I don't feel like going to church. And my wife says, you got to go to church. You're preaching, right? You got to go. Oh, man, you know, we understand feelings are up and down, up and down, but a declaration by the power of the Holy Spirit is not up and down. There's power. There's power. Some of you have been worried. 
Not just regular life stuff, but you're worried. There's something you're really worried about. And the Lord has spoken to you this morning. He's spoken to you about making that declaration of life. Is it possible for these bones to live again? Not with us, but in the power of God. Listen, anything's possible. Some of you have been battling anxiety. Now that, that this, I, I'm not saying, I, the other that I felt somebody's worried, I know that's pretty common, right? I'm, but I do feel the unction of the Holy Spirit on that. But this is very common also. You've been battling anxiety. And you're trying a lot of different things, melatonin and, and you know, uh, other things. But God wants you to speak in authority. Did you hear me? We're going to believe God this morning together. And if there's anything that God has spoken to you about, that to speak his authority over in your life, the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? That's the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray for a couple of things, but before we go any further, I want us to pray together. Or again, maybe it's somebody else that came to your mind. There are things you say, I need to make a declaration here. I need to make a declaration in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He says, I've given you authority. I've given you authority. Serpents and scorpions. We know that it's this authority is in the spiritual realm. These are spiritual matters. I want you right now just to begin to speak life. I want you to begin to speak in that authority. God will give you the words. You don't have to say anything a specific way, but you know what you need to say. In the name of Jesus, I speak life in my marriage. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing in my child's heart. In the name of Jesus, I speak freedom to my mind right now. In Jesus, freedom to my mind. Come on. The Lord's moving right now. He's moving just as you begin to take that authority. In Jesus' name, can these bones live again? You know, Lord, they can. You know, Lord, it's in your hands. Then prophesy. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.